John chapter 21. King David was called a man after God's own heart. And uh, what, a, what a great man of God he was. But David actually failed in a spectacular way. Uh, he stayed behind when the troops went off to battle and uh, saw Bathsheba bathing on her roof. And he committed adultery with Bathsheba. Then he sent her husband to the front lines to kill him when he found out that she was pregnant. And then he married Bathsheba. And the thing displeased the Lord. For about a year, David went without confessing his sin to God. And he describes his, his brokenness in, in uh, Psalm chapter 51. Finally, Nathan the prophet comes and confronts him and says, You're the man. You've sinned against God. And David confesses his sin. He says, I've sinned. And God forgives his sin. And gives him a fresh start. Now there's some consequences that happen and so forth. But but God has forgiven his sin. I'm grateful that God's in the sin forgiving business. You know we need to understand that when we fail God. God still loves us. God still has a plan for us. And Peter found that out as well as the other disciples in this chapter we're about to study uh, today. Uh, God had worked in their lives in a marvelous way. But then when the chips were down and Jesus was being arrested to go to the cross, all of his disciples forsook him and fled. Then Peter denies him three times. And they have this sense of failure. They've seen the Lord. They know he's risen. They're excited and rejoicing that he's risen. But somehow, it seems that they just can't get past their failure. And and Peter says, I'm going fishing. Fishing was his livelihood before. And so some of the other disciples go with him. And they go and they fish and they fish all night. And they catch nothing. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Jesus appears on the shore. It's early morning. They don't, they don't recognize him, but he cries out. He says, how many fish have you caught? I, I've heard people do that when I've gone fishing before. Did you catch anything today? You know, uh, Nothing. Cast your net on the right side, and you'll bring in a catch. And sure enough, they do. And the net is so full, they, they're having trouble even moving it. <clears throat> So, John makes the conclusion, it's the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, Peter jumps in the water, and they, they go to meet the Lord. He's got some fish cooking there, uh, and he says, come, let's eat. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't write them off? He just said, come, let's eat. Uh, let's have a meal together. And then he speaks with Peter, and he says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He says to Peter, you feed my lambs. Shepherd my sheep. Feed my sheep. And he recommissions Peter and gives him a new start. What an amazing story. Uh, Have you ever failed Jesus? If you're like me, you have. Isn't it a wonderful thing to know 
that we serve a God who forgives sins, who uses broken people. And uh, the title of my message today is Finding Hope Beyond Your Failure. We need to trust in the grace of God that was promised to us in Jesus Christ. And that's our hope beyond our failure. Look with me at verse 1 of John 21. It says, After this, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called twin, Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples were together. I'm going fishing, Simon Peter said to them. We're coming with you, they told him. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Friends, Jesus called to them, you don't have any fish, do you? No, they answered. Cast the net on the right side of the boat, he told them, and you'll find some. So they did, and they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. The disciple, the one Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he tied his outer clothing around him, for he had taken it off, and plunged into the sea. Since they were not far from land, about a hundred yards away, the other disciple came in a boat, dragging the net full of fish. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish lying on it and bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus told them. So Simon Peter climbed up and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Come and have breakfast, Jesus told them. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told them. The second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. He asked him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. Truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you would tie your belt and walk wherever you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will tie you and carry you where you don't want to go. He said this to indicate by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. After saying this, he told him, follow me. So Peter turned around and saw the disciple Jesus loved following them, the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? If I want him to remain until I come, Jesus answered, what is that to you? As for you, you follow me. So this rumor spread to the brothers and sisters that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not tell him he would not die. But if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. And there are many other things that Jesus did, which if every one of them were written down, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. 
So finding hope beyond your failure. When you're disillusioned by your failure, remember that Jesus is still able. Remember that Jesus is still able. Verse 6, it says, he says, cast the net on the right side of the boat. You see, this was no new miracle. This had happened early. Uh, Jesus had called the disciples. He said, from now on, you're going to catch men. That had kind of fallen into the background, and their failure loomed large before them. That's what they were thinking about. And Jesus performs this miracle again to show them, I've not changed. I still have the power that I've always had. And guess what? I'm still willing to use you. Cast your net on the other side. And, and, and it's this great harvest of fish, which is a picture of the great harvest that they were going to have. Jesus is still able. He hadn't changed. You see, you and I, when we fail, sometimes we forget not only that Jesus hasn't changed, but that Jesus still wants to use us. What an amazing thought. Jesus is still able. You and I may fail, but Jesus cannot fail. He is the almighty, all-knowing, eternal one who will never forsake us. So finding hope beyond your failure, when you're disillusioned by your failure, remember Jesus is still able. Secondly, remember Jesus still loves you. (laughs) Jesus still loves you. If you look at verse 12, come and have breakfast, Jesus told them. Now, if I was Jesus and all my friends had abandoned me in my time of greatest need, I might have been bitter. I might have said, these guys forsook me when I was down and out. I'm going to have nothing to do with them. I'm not going to eat with them. I'm not going to talk to them. I'm going to have nothing to do with them. But that's not what Jesus did. In his grace, he says, come eat the fish I've prepared for you. He still loved them. Uh, I remember when my kids were little, sometimes we'd have um, a bad day and, uh, you know, there'd be uh, maybe some spankings that had happened. And, uh, uh, but guess what? We're still a family. Now, human parents fail. I've failed. I'm sure you, if you're a parent, you've failed. Jesus never fails. He is the perfect parent. And I think one reason God calls himself Father is so that we can know that we have a father who is perfect. Um, King David wrote in the psalm, he said, If my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Isn't it wonderful that we have a God that loves us that way? There's nothing we could do to escape the love. The scripture says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. That love will never falter, and it will never fail. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Have you failed? (laughs) Jesus still loves you. Guess what? Did you know your failure never surprises Jesus? He saw it before you were born. 
The Bible says he's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You know what that tells me? God knew every sin we were ever going to commit. And he had a plan to take care of it called the cross. Jesus would be the lamb to be slain for my sin and for your sin. We are under the love of God not because we deserve it. We're under the love of God because of his perfect, unending grace through Jesus Christ. If you know Jesus Christ today and you've repented of your sin and you've put your trust in him, can I tell you something? There's nothing you can do to get outside the love of God. It will always be there. It will always be there. You say, well, uh, God's, God's moved away from me. No, you've moved away from God. He's still there. It's like the, the man sitting in the pickup truck, and uh, his wife looks over and says, you remember when we were first married, how close we were sit, we'd sit together, and we'd uh, just cuddle here in the, in the seat, here in the, in the pickup truck? He said, well, I ain't moved. <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, you know, God hasn't moved. He still loves us. Praise God. If you failed, if you're disillusioned by your failure, remember that Jesus is still able. Remember that Jesus still loves you. Thirdly, remember that Jesus still calls you. (laughs) Jesus still calls you. Verses 15 through 17, Jesus has been encouraging all the disciples, but then he he pulls aside with Peter and he begins to talk to Peter privately because he knows that Peter is really struggling. And he says, do you love me more than these? Because that's what Peter had claimed beforehand. And uh, he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told them. You see, Peter gone fishing. I failed Jesus. I'm not worthy to serve him. I'm not worthy to follow him. I'll do what I used to do. Jesus says, hey, I'm not done with you. I'm not finished with you. Feed my lambs. Ask him a second time. By the way, the word, word for lambs is a word, it's a, it's a diminutive in Greek, which means that it's kind of a token of affection. Okay, A lamb, of course, is a, is a, is a baby sheep. But this is not just a lamb. This is a lamb that is in the diminutive in Greek, which means it's my precious little lamb. That's kind of the sense of it. Peter, you take care of these precious little lambs of mine. There's no greater trust that Jesus could have given Peter than to take care of the people that he loved. And it's as though Jesus is saying, I'm giving you the most precious thing I have, Peter. My precious little lambs. Then he asks him again, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said, I know, or you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, take care of them. Asked him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know everything. And you know I love you. 
You see, it, Jesus is, is using, he, this last time he uses the terminology that Peter's been using the whole time. Uh, do you really love me the way you think you do, Peter? He says, well, Lord, you know I love you. Again, feed my sheep. Three times Jesus denied him. Three times Jesus gives Peter the opportunity to confess him. <laughs> and then he gives him a, a future mission, a future calling. Now listen, I understand there can be times where sin will disqualify someone for certain kinds of leadership in the church. We know that from other scripture. But here's the thing. Even if you're disqualified from leadership, God still has a plan for you. Right? If he's created you and he's left you here with breath in your lungs, he has a plan for you. He still wants to use you. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Listen, I think there's nothing that could give more purpose to life than knowing that Jesus has a plan for us specifically. That he created us. He designed us to fulfill. After his failure, Peter thought he was done. But Jesus said, hey, I'm still calling you. I still have a purpose for you. So when you're disillusioned about your failure, remember Jesus is still able. Jesus still loves you. Jesus still calls you. Jesus still knows you. He still knows you. Of course, the fact that he pulls Peter aside in and of itself shows that he knows what's going on in Peter's life. Verse 18, Peter had, he, before he had bragged that if all these other Yahoos abandon you, I'll be faithful to you. Of course, he wasn't. He didn't give his life for Christ as he claimed he would. Verse 18, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, when you were younger, you would tie your belt and walk wherever you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will tie you and carry you where you don't want to go. He said this to indicate what kind of death Peter would glorify God. And after saying this, he told them, follow me. So what's Jesus telling him? He's saying, Peter, I know you. I know, I know you're disillusioned. I know you think you failed. I know you were unwilling to stand for me and risk your life and go to death as I went to death. But Peter, I know your whole story. Not just your past. I know what's ahead of you. And Peter, I'm going to tell you, you're going to do a good job. <laughs> you're, you are going to give your life as a martyr for my name, just as you claimed you would. Others will take you where you don't want to go. Church history tells us that Peter was crucified upside down. He told them, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my master. And so they crucified him upside down. And Peter did indeed give his life. You see, Jesus looked beyond his failure. He knew what was ahead. He knew the victory that Peter would have. After all, Jesus is the one who gave him the name. Right? Simon, son of John. That's his birth name. 
Jesus gave him the name Peter Rock. Peter would be the rock and the leader of the early church. And uh, that great uh, message at Pentecost where thousands of people were saved. And God just continued to bless him in such a marvelous way. He used him. Jesus is saying, hey, Peter, get over it. I've got a plan for you. I want you to follow me. I know where you're going. I'm the one leading you there. I love what uh, Paul says. Forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If you've had some failures, praise God, you can forget those failures. They're under the blood of Jesus. And you can move on. To fulfill the purpose that God has given you to fulfill. Jesus still knows you. And he doesn't just know your failure. He knows your potential. And he doesn't just know your potential. He knows what you will do as you walk filled and empowered by him. One little boy had the shirt on that said, Be patient with me. God is not finished with me yet. (laughs) I like that. And it's true. Trust God. Continue to follow him because Jesus knows you and he knows what's ahead. So, finding hope beyond your failure when you're disillusioned, remember Jesus is still able. Jesus still loves you. Jesus still calls you. Jesus still knows you. Jesus still values you. Peter, this is a great glimpse of human nature. He's been having this this one-on-one discussion with Jesus, which wouldn't that be cool to have a one-on-one discussion with Jesus about your life? But just like all of us, he looks at somebody else, right? Well, Lord, what about this guy over here? Why are you doing this over here with this guy? And Look at what he says. Verse 21, when Peter saw him, talking about John, he said, he said, Jesus, Lord, what about him? If I want him to remain until I come, Jesus answered, what is that to you? As for you, you follow me. What's he saying to him? Well, one thing he's saying is, mind your own business, Peter. That's not your concern, okay? Uh, uh God has different plans for his children. He's created us for different purposes, right? He's not created me to fulfill your purpose. He's not created you to fulfill my purpose. He's got a unique purpose for each one of us to fulfill. So our concern is simply to follow Jesus, right? And he will fulfill the purpose he has for our lives. But... I think he's also telling Peter this. Peter, you're valuable to my kingdom. Don't worry about him. You do what I've called you to do. <laughs> Isn't that great? He values Peter. He see, listen, the Bible tells us we're made in the image of God. Okay? We're created, fashioned by God's hand for God's purpose, which is really amazing. The scripture tells us when we, be, we become a Christian, We become a new creation in Christ. We have a new nature that God gives us. And he gives us spiritual gifts to use as well. And he's got a specific purpose for us to fulfill. 
And you and I, as individuals, are very important to the plan that God has. Do you believe that? I'm glad you're here today. I think it's important that you're here today. It's part of God's plan for you to be here today and through your coming to bless others, but also to serve Him. Peter could just see his failure. It loomed large in front of him. He was disillusioned with himself. Have you ever been there? Thought, you know, what did, why did I do that? What's this all about? You know, and, and you're just kind of frustrated. Jesus saw past Peter's failure to the purpose that God had for his life. And he said, Peter, I value you. You have a purpose and a plan in my kingdom. Don't you worry about John. I'll do what I want to do with John, but I've got a purpose for you. You follow me. That's what I think Jesus is saying to each one of us today. Follow me. Finding hope beyond your failure, when you're disillusioned, remember, Jesus is still able. Jesus still loves you. Jesus still calls you. Jesus still knows you. And Jesus still values you. Lift up your head. Forget the things that are behind. Look forward uh, to the prize that God has set before you. And walk by faith and follow Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the great privilege of serving you, for fashioning us for your purposes. Thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for the forgiveness that is bought through the scars in your hands and feet and the wound in your side. And as you bore the wrath of God in our place and the, the just punishment that we deserved upon yourself, and you said it is finished, paid in full. Thank you that because you're a risen Savior, we have hope that you can raise us up. And Father, I pray that you do that. For those who are struggling here today with, with uh, sin, perhaps disillusionment over failure, uh, whatever the case may be, Father, I pray that you would lift us up, that you'd fix our eyes in front of us and fix them on Jesus and help us walk to fulfill the purposes you've given us to fulfill. And Lord, if there's someone here today that doesn't know Jesus, I pray that today would be the day that they would make a decision to repent of their sin and put their trust in Jesus Christ so that you could change them through the power of your cross. And we pray it in Jesus' name.